right. Hey, Sally, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thanks for thanks for joining today. Uh, just a quick quick uh, little bit about uh, Sally here. Uh, we first met in Doha, Qatar, and uh, she's a coach at a facility that I was working at, and um, she is super duper experienced. We're so grateful to have her on today and to be able to to talk and get the know a little bit about her background, a little bit about what she's doing these days. And, and, uh, so Sally, you know, you have the background as a, as a personal trainer, as a coach, um, as an athlete, competitive athlete, um, you know, tell us, tell us a little more that we don't know about you. I mean, I guess I got into fitness quite late. I did. I wasn't an athlete who started from a young age. Um, I decided to start competitively weightlifting when I was probably 26. Um, and that's after falling in love with weightlifting through CrossFit. So I started CrossFit as a CrossFit coach. Um, I always preferred the weight side of the workouts. And then I just took some time to really just focus on the weightlifting. Um, and that's when I started competing. But all through childhood, I mean, I did school sports, but I was never competitive or fit. I was the teenager which used to like to go out with friends and club. You know, I, I wasn't really a fit, active, healthy teenager. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it kind of all started. I got into my fitness journey when I was about 21. Started weightlifting, which what I thought was actual weightlifting, which it wasn't anything like weightlifting. It was just going to a gym and throwing things around with really bad form, no technique. Um, yeah, and I was tiny. I weighed about 58 kilos. Then I started CrossFit, got educated, um, and then it all kind of just really grew from there. Wow, that's great. Yeah, you know, for I think for all of us who kind of kind of started lifting at that young age, we really didn't know what we were doing at all. Uh, I think that goes across the board. And and but you know, I think our our interest and our our desire to know and to learn is definitely something that makes you hungry, especially when you start to see some results and you know you get into it a little bit and be like okay, get some good people around you and they start to teach you a little bit. And he's like, this is something that I really want to know more about, you know? Yeah. So I think that that's, I think that's normal for all of us. So right now, what are you working on? Uh, that's exciting, you know, with, with regards to coaching. Okay. So I'm starting to teach at the few gyms around here, weightlifting classes, which is great because I really miss being in a gym environment and within a community. I'm doing online coaching, which has been amazing because I've managed to keep clients, which I've spent years training in Qatar. So they have stayed with me and we're doing online coaching there. I've also reached out to corporate companies. I've got a few booked in now for um, teaching like the basics and weightlifting safely. Nice. Um, a few of them are ladies only, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then at the beginning of next year, I have like a workshop with another corporate company to introduce health and fitness and just basic like teaching the general public about being health healthy and fit without yeah. having hours in the gym you don't have to lift weights just a few things you can do each day which will improve your health um yeah. so yeah that's and that's important because that, i mean that's the vast majority of people some people are just between family work obligations etc they don't they don't have a lot of time to spare you know yeah. Uh, I think sometimes people, people don't even understand from a coaching standpoint, you don't, you don't have a lot of time to spare sometimes, you know, to do your own training. So you really have to fight hard to do that. You have to fight hard to carve out some time because the reality is over time, you definitely, uh, 
you definitely can be impacted negatively from not not being able to maintain good movement just staying yeah. overall active and the life just goes on and on so i think what you're doing there is is a really a really crucial and beneficial thing for people uh who are going to get that opportunity um so how would you kind of like take me through like when you're coaching people what do you have to say about your philosophy like what how do you kind of approach things how do you uh, lead your clients, your athletes, um, you know, to, to kind of on that pathway of improvement? So, I mean, it really depends on who I'm training because I do have quite a diverse group. I've got some clients which have been doing weightlifting for years and they want to take it to the next level. I've got some which have just done nothing ever and they just want to build up that fitness. So I always start off with a a form like a park you they have to fill out we always do assessments to see what they can and can't do what they struggle with but for everyone the must have is we do um we really work on building that basic strength and the foundational strength before they look at doing any olympic weightlifting anything crazy we literally look at building up their core and their foundation and their movement gotcha. and then when when they're doing well at that that's when we'll then go into like a strength phase where we'll build up the strength um and then we'll go into more like strength and technique phase for olympic weightlifting i don't really like the idea of just chucking people in straight to a weightlifting program when they could have some underlying issue or not move well so yeah yeah and that really goes back to coaching because you see in so many situations uh, depending on the level of the coach and their experience, how they sometimes can miscategorize individuals on where they should be and what the starting point yeah. is. Uh, so I think, you know, understanding how to properly progress individuals and where to start them off so they can so they can have longevity in in, in training and they can really grow to love it. Um, it. It has to be something that's a good experience and and to put somebody in a level a little bit higher could be completely detrimental to them right as they start out especially for these individuals you're talking about are on their fitness journey for the first time really yeah and they have to enjoy it too and what i found as well with over the years is people never like olympic weightlifting is so niche so people never wake up one morning and they're like i want to learn how to olympic weightlift like they wake up and they want to get fit they want to build muscle they just want to get fit mm-hmm. from there when they're doing that and they see you as a coach doing your weightlifting or they get a little bit stronger and then they want to explore a few more things. That's when you start introducing things like Olympic weightlifting. And then they like literally nine out of 10, they fall in love with it. And that's when they end up wanting to pursue Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. That, that's been, it's, it's a proper progression. It's, it's where, yeah. you know, it takes them to that level where they, they get to a certain point and they're like, you know, I want to push it. And then at some point, you know, some people pick up adopt sports or they adopt some type of activity uh but i think weightlifting you know a lot of people don't know weightlifting is one of the safest sports you can do on earth uh, it's got the lowest incident of injury uh in it and um which is so it's a great way if done properly and with and with a proper uh supervision and proper coaching uh that's that's so crucial that's what we're talking about here um so you've talked a little bit about how you go about planning so let's get in that a little bit deeper you know how 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 much time would you say you spent on spend on clients as far as 
from the from the beginning stage of getting them in doing their doing their assessments and uh, things of that nature and then developing out the program for them uh how long do you develop out a program for so if somebody's a beginner or intermediate or expert you know how how long do you like to plan out um or do you kind of take it at a little shorter term to see how they do how it impacts them or is it just different across the board so generally what happens is um I normally start off with like a three month phase, which will generally be like a three month build strength phase. So regardless of where they are, they will have three months to work on their basic strength. So if they're already an athlete in the gym, it'll be like percentage work, like squats, deadlifts, press, um, and looking at building up that foundation strength with accessory work to you know, support the joints and work on stability, flexibility, mobility. If it's someone who's never never done fitness before or they're fairly new, it will still be strength, but it will be more about building up their body weight, building up their basic fitness, um, their stamina. Um, and from there, even though I program for the three months, literally, I'm constantly, every day I'm speaking to my clients, every day they're uploading videos, I'm replying, I'm uploading videos. And from there, I'm always changing the program regardless to update it with their progress. So yeah. if they're not how I would have expected, I pull it back. If they're progressing really, really quickly, then I increase it. So it's constantly changing, but I have that three-week basic block. Um, Sorry, three-week, three-month basic block, which I program for. Yeah. From there, I, then, I generally then go into like just monthly maintenance where we've built that strength and now we want to maintain it and then slowly keep increasing and improving. Yeah, that's the, and that's the real challenge. I think that a lot of people don't understand with coaches, uh, you know, they see it in, in kind of a snapshot of working on the floor with individuals and they think that that's yeah. it, but there's so much, as you've alluded to, there's so much behind the scenes work that's actually done in a coach's life, especially it, somebody who's wanting to be success really bring along success in their client's life that they are working hard behind the scenes it's constant changes amendments it's constant communications uh so there's a lot of there's a lot of administrative work that goes in just to to uh to sessions and and programmed out sessions so and modifications that occur from them so you're absolutely yeah. right about that so i i think i think the you know talking about this right now and we're trying to help impact these individuals um in in ways and you certainly are doing that what are what are some of the ways because people are are out there they're active they're engaged in the internet that sometimes especially when you start working they uh people are out there and they're trying to learn more about things and whatnot and there's just a lot out there that's just uh it's really hard to sift through the misinformation and it all exists on there uh, kind of the the false realities that exist in, in in some of the social media posts and and the way people are presenting themselves. How do you talk to clients? How do you speak to this uh, with them and and kind of manage the uh, their their mindsets with it, their questions, their expectations, you know, their over expectations, you know, these types of things. Yeah. So I like I feel with when it comes to like getting clients and trying to help clients as much as as possible around all the noise the social media is so loud so crowded and it's literally about who can shout the loudest really and who's got most likes but I feel that when you can relate to a client and when you can um show them you've been from a similar similar place 
I mean, I'm yes, the coach for everyone. Not everyone's probably going to want me as a coach because I'm a strength coach and my background is someone who's been very unfit, underweight and built to where I am now. So for me, that's a lot of my clients. And the reason they trust me and they come to me is because they've seen my progress. They see how far I've come. I can relate. I know their deepest, darkest fears because I went through through mm-hmm. that. Um, and then you build that bond and that trust. And then from there, that's when you can start helping them. When you break down um, their deepest fears, you build that connection, you build that trust. Whereas someone who was probably extremely overweight and wanted to lose weight, I've never come from that place. So, okay, I can help them, but the, probably the trust won't be there because I've not been through what they're going through. And I find that is how you can help people to your best potential because you have to relate. Did that make yeah, sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a key. That's something that, that I really try to do is just, you know, you're wanting to, you're wanting to meet, meet people uh, in that place where they're at and you're wanting to try to understand what they're going through and you're trying to apply your experience, your um, all the things that you've been through personally or professionally uh, trying to find a way to meet them and, and, and help them and help them improve and, and understand the situations that they're in because you don't want them to get deterred. You know that they're better off there being able to work with you or just to stay active, even if they're not going to continue on. Obviously, things happen all the time about people moving or budgetary constraints or things of this nature. The, our, our biggest thing is we always want to leave people and, and educate people, you know, and spend time to yeah. really, really, really teach them. Um, yeah. So I, I was wondering, you know, with with this being said, I think people see that there's an excitement about the work that we do. I think it's a it's a unique situation. Not everybody's called to do it. But uh, for the ones who are or the ones who are even considering, you know, uh, coming into coaching or or trying to. Um, you know, kind of inc- increase or develop themselves as coaches. What's advice that you can kind of give them? Maybe, maybe that you've learned along the way or the hard way. Uh, that would be, you know, a great way to kind of get them past some of the challenges that they may face, barriers that they're mm-hmm. face or facing currently coming into this field. I think um, advice I'd give to coaches is. One, you have to really know what you're passionate about. Um, and you have to look at it like you're trying to help people. Because so many coaches are like, oh, I need more clients. I need to do this. No, you need to help people. And when you come from a place of wanting to help people, it's pure and genuine. Instead of just trying to be like a influencer who's just wanting to get more likes and to be like some famous coach. Yes. Um, but if you find your passion, the way you teach it, clients pick up on it instead of just teaching because when I first started I was teaching CrossFit I was teaching HIIT classes I was teaching weightlifting but all my clients then came for weightlifting because my passion just fed into the Mm -hmm. class into how I taught and that's what makes them fall in love with it so you really have to find your passion find your niche which is like I said you have to find the people which you can really relate to and help and then just be true and just be the aim is just to be as helpful as you can yeah. at the end of the day. And you're gonna get people which probably bad mouth you you're gonna get people who will be like oh i didn't like this coach or i didn't see any results with this coach but you're gonna get that no matter what you do and that's not a reflection on you that's a reflection on them yeah they, so you just they, genuine be real yeah basically. just be 
be true to who you are and what you believe in and you will get the right clients and if you do get clients which are hard work and they really like dampen your mood and your energy then don't be afraid to cancel those clients because your mental health is just as important your time is just as important Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things is we talked about this and we talked about trying to carve that little time out, but let's, let's, let's ask you specifically, when do you find the, the time to train and to continue to work uh, and keep yourself in shape? When, when do you, uh, you know, like, what does your day kind of look like? If you can take us through what that looks like and when you fit you in and uh, around with the work that you're doing. Because everybody's got a different schedule. I know some people do not have the some of the, the chaotic schedules that we may face sometimes. But, you know, tell us a little bit. Give us a snapshot. Okay. So generally I wake up about 6 a.m. every morning. Um, I'll have my coffee, have my breakfast. I'll go to the gym for around 7 or 8 a.m. I have to get my training done in the morning out of the way. Because if I leave it any later and I start working, I've got so many things on my mind I have to do or achieve training completely goes out the window so i will yeah up at six coffee breakfast walk over to the gym do my training which before used to be like four hours a day now i'm literally just training two hours a day i'll do a strength element and then i'll follow it up with some accessories and core um once i've done that then i'll generally go to a coffee shop i'll then dedicate an hour to going on my online coaching platform and i will um like reply to clients, check their videos, give them feedback. I will then dedicate another hour to filming content so I can upload for mm-hmm. like information purposes. Um, I will then have lunch. Um, once I've had lunch, I will then have a weightlifting, two weightlifting classes to teach um, or a PT. I generally leave it just after lunch for my clients. Then once I finished that, I am literally thinking about content for Instagram to try and promote myself. I'm calling um, corporate companies to give them information on my services and uh, teaching fitness classes and yeah. the important fitness to people sat down at a desk all day. Yeah. So it's really just it's constantly. It's a full day. And I never thought, honestly, when I started online coaching, I didn't think it would be like this. Instead of being in the gym, you're literally at your laptop all the time and you're constantly just working, finding out information, learning, educating yourself. I'm going to do another course in a few months because you just need to, you're literally fighting. You're literally against the whole world, especially when you're online. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so you you really have to, I mean, like, you have to find time to to carve out for yourself. So like it, with all that work being done, it can definitely have a bleed over into your regular life or outside yeah. of your personal life. So how do you, what are some strategies that you do to kind of make sure that you say, look, the, the, the lines are here, you know, it has to be a yeah. hard barrier that I have to give myself this, or I will not be able to continue to work at the level that I want to every day. So when I first started, I was awful. I would be literally replying to clients at like 10 p.m. Or as soon as they message, I'd stop what I was doing to reply. So I was like, no, I have to reply. I want to give them a good surface. And then I was like, well, no, this uh, it's not really a great surface. I'm just stopping what I'm doing and rushing to them. And then that's kind of going to build up the fact that I don't really have respect for my time. 
and I don't want to be at anyone's beck and call. I want to set like the standard. So I literally paid a lawyer to write me a contract. Um, and within that contract, I literally gave myself my working hours, which I stick to. Um, and then I also, every time I get a client, I will give them the contract so they can see like what my hours are. So mm. generally Sunday is off. I'm not even opening my laptop on a Sunday. Like I'm not even going to open my, like look at it. Um, and bank holidays, which I didn't, I forgot was the thing. Obviously after being in Qatar for eight years, forgot bank <laughs> holidays so. Um, so yeah, Sundays and bank holidays, my day off, not working. Yeah. Um, then I'll give myself like 6 p.m. from the evening. I won't look at my phone. Like my gotcha. work phone, my work phone is off. So the whole evening I can really just refresh and like be in the moment. Um, every morning I wake up, oh no, sorry, the night before, I always write a to-do list of the things I have to do. So to keep me more organized, because if you're like me, when I've got so many things in my head, I'm like, I have to do this, I have to do this. I'm all over the place mm -hmm. trying to do. So what I've started doing now, I start prioritizing the things which are more urgent and need to be done first. I'll write a list. Um, and then my aim is for that next morning, I've got my list of what I need to achieve. So I'll wake up, train, get that done in the morning out of the way so I'm not distracted. And then I'll start going through my list. Yeah. And generally with my clients, within the contract, it says if you mess, like by all means, you can message on a Sunday, but you will not get a response till the next day. However, generally when you message me between these hours, you will, re you will get a response within this time. Mm -hmm. yeah that's good that's great to set up those and and it's it's interesting to say that you went so far as to to make that a legal document you know which is yes. it's important and i know it, it keeps it keeps you in line because it just it just get blurred you know you're you're taking messages you're trying to schedule clients you're trying to schedule consults you're chasing money sometimes uh you know there's a lot of different things that go into it so uh, obviously the the key that's uh to be successful in coaching so you can get to the work that you want to which is that the the business of helping people that you've got to take that administrative part and it's got to be handled concise and it's got to be in its place you know and and then it, it frees you to be able to go out there um and use your skill set which is ultimately how you manage people and uh and and how you how you look to develop them so I, when you have that downtime it refreshes your mind where before i would just be answering calls left right like all over the place i'd be replying back to people i'd be i'd have an idea i'm like right i've got an idea for content i'm gonna do it now at like 8 p.m at night and then the next morning i'd wake up i'd be like Ugh, like you know so you don't really have any time to refresh and get away so I feel like when you set those times, like, no, no matter what I haven't finished at 6 p.m., I'll put that on my to-do list for tomorrow. That's what I'll start with tomorrow. And then, and it was hard to begin with. Like, I, I would just be sat, like, chilling, like, with my family, and I'd be like, I, have, I, need, I need to do stuff. And then you really have to be disciplined with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think people think, here's the word discipline. They see it as discipline to be better, do better. But you also have to be disciplined to tell yourself when to step away. That's, that's, that's absolutely back. true right there. And that, and that, and that's, that's key that, you know, we're talking, we're promoting well-being. We're talking about all this, but I mean, obviously the well-being of yourself to be able to do this work is so, so crucial. And it doesn't seem like it happens, but over time, that pressure and all that, 
all of that, uh, you know, uh, minimal sleep and all of the, the stress that comes from it mounts. And so you have to be, I think this is, this is one of the points coaches are going to deal with. They need to know that they're going to deal with, it's going to be hard, but, and to come up with strategies that work for them because it's different yeah. for each coach, but strategies that work for them and what they find is most important. Uh, you know, you may have a single coach who's active and wants to have a personal life uh, and get, and get out and do activities and whatnot. You may have a person who's a, who has a family and has to spend time with kids and, um, you know, and you may have a person who's playing, you know, trying to still pursue dreams like playing a sport while working on the side uh, yeah. as a side job, uh, but they're quite good at it. So there's a bunch of different angles to that. So, I mean, you talked a little bit, let's move to another thing. You talked a little bit about uh, what you're doing and what you're considering uh, or what you're currently doing. What are some of the things in the future? Where do you really foresee yourself here in the near future, what you'd want to do, you know, if you can really chart, chart your course here and go. Honestly, I just want to help as many people as possible. Mm. Um, so no matter really how that looks. So if it's getting into more of the corporate companies and giving awareness and education on how to lift weights properly, do these few things and that will just help you maintain fitness and keep you healthy you don't have to be in the gym hours a day helping more people online with weightlifting it's literally just helping people as much as i can yeah. and the great thing online is you can help people around the world yeah. instead of just who's in your town you know yeah really can and expand also, your reach yeah and also i find online is so much more beneficial for the client because for example when you're paying for pt you're paying like what one or two hours a week what are you doing the rest of the week when you're doing the online coaching you get a workout depending on what your goal is but generally you'd get a workout if you're my client five times a week it will be tailored to the timings you can do so if it's a 30 minute an hour hour and a half but then you've also got constant interaction with the coach yeah so you message yeah. you back you get them to yeah. watch you get attention. if yeah. i say you feel like you really want to have a cheat meal or if you've you're struggling with your like you know you've got constant you literally have your own personal coach at your phone yeah it's true so much more for your money and you improve so much quicker instead of just rocking up the gym for one pt session a week and then going out and then not knowing to, what to do for the rest of the week you know i like a hybrid model i like a, a model where people work on their own and you get to see them in person i think that's probably the best case because it, it allows you to expand uh really the amount of people your your ability to coach a lot of people uh yeah. that you just don't have enough hours in the day uh and it's a good it's a good work it, it's a good workable model even from a budgetary standpoint it works out well for them and to have that that online coaching they have that understanding uh, a little bit uh, when they're away and um, you can feed them information consistently through the week and answer questions. And it's such a, it's such a more effective way to kind of do things uh, as well as like, if you're able to do it in small groups as well, which is great because they, I found that that's a lot of great stuff that happens amongst people. If you're working in twos and threes, there's feedback from each individual that really helps and keeps people motivated as well with the coach. Yeah. So that's a yeah. great thing. Well, I wanted to shift gears a little bit. There's a lot of talk about, um, you know, what age uh, young kids should be working out, how they should train. And uh, this is one I, I really, you know, I alluded to it earlier about the safety and uh, 
within weightlifting and teaching weightlifting. I think the ranges of motions and the things that you can do with weightlifting at a young age are great because it locks some great movement patterns in. You can pretty much go anywhere from there, whether you're talking about jumping or sprinting or just have great, great, uh, you know, uh, joint positioning, great muscle memory, the things that you groove and teach at that age. I think it'll last a person a lifetime when they have that. So how do you kind of, you know, first off, what are some of the younger clients you have or, ha or, or are currently working with? Um, and then kind of go through a little bit on what you talk about with parents and different people who kind of would say, is this safe for my kid? Is it okay for them to be doing it? This type of thing. So, I mean, the youngest client I've ever trained for weightlifting was probably like 16. So not like a child child. Mm -hmm. um, but I have, well, I had trained a friend's child who was like six, but she wasn't too worried. But you do get the question of, isn't it not, it's not safe for children to train weightlifting. Okay, they're not lifting 100 kilos above their head. When people think of weightlifting I think they think of the bodybuilders you see mm -hmm. Olympic weightlifting is so much technique and movement speed agility body awareness timing mm -hmm. coordination so you always start off with teaching that and then if it's just an empty barbell a training bar a lightweight they're never going to lift crazy heavy but to teach them the the movement pattern and like you said it they will have that forever the muscle memory they will be aware of moving because we're all born able to move. We can all crawl along the floor. We can all, I saw this like two year old baby kid doing the best squat I've ever seen. We can all do it. It's our lives, but it's when we grow up and we become sedentary and we just sit, that's mm. the opposite. So if you can keep that from a young age, like weightlifting, gymnastics, if you can t keep that from a young age, you're set for life. Like you will have that movement awareness, that muscle memory, that flexibility. Like, so I it's think a, it is very important. Yeah, it's such an important thing. And I think, you know, what, what ends up happening and we get dipped into a little bit, I think one of the issues is, is that with, with testing and things that are happening in education, there ends up seeming to be less time for physical education, physical literacy. Uh, so kids between that and uh, and suffering the last past years of sitting with COVID and being in front of a computer uh, as they continue to kind of live in front of a device and in computers and they have less activity in some cases that's offered to them at school for the kids who are not keen about going to play sports and whatnot. I, I think it would provide such an opportunity for them. So I think in the future, definitely it's something that that people should consider is trying to get these types of programs, you know, into a school setting uh, and, and teach, even if it's a, a, you know, we did it with a wooden dowel or a, a broomstick, you know, you yeah. can teach people how to, or PVC pipe, you know, you can teach people how to move well and move properly. And then you just progress them like we talked about and from there, yeah. but sky's I the limit. Still, yeah. Yeah. It'll warm up with a PVC pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Never too good to practice the drills and the movement. Absolutely. Like, always when I have clients, we'd warm up with the PVC pipe. You go through drills. Like, yeah. you warm up pattern yeah you know? it's, just, it, it's really just activation you know and and you'll you'll click like right in right away i mean it's like anything if you were going to play sports you wouldn't just go out there and directly play you start to warm yep. yourself up and exactly. and you go from it's also yeah. like for your brain as well you know because when you've got weight on that bar you don't want to think you just want to trust your body go and lift it you yeah. don't want to go 
super heavyweight and be like, right, I've got to do this. And then th- like, no, if so, when you warm up with the PPC pipe and you do drill after drill after drill, you're yeah. building in that movement and an awareness. So when you go to the barbell with weight, you just, you know what to do. You just pick it up. Yeah, that's it. You get that innervation. You get that, that, uh, that neuromuscular uh, system rolling a little bit towards the work that you're trying to do and taking it from regular life into that work. And then, then comes your, as we would do at the end, any of our work that we do for cool down, et cetera, to kind of return it back to normal life. And then you go on about your business and that's the proper way. So very interesting stuff. I think that that's a, a, that's something that's very important because, you know, if we can make that connection with younger kids, um, then they can grow up with a life of it as opposed to waiting. Some people, you know, I want to get fit. You've, you've had people, clients who said, who have come to you at 30 years old, 35 and said, I've never been in the gym or I've never worked before, you know, and, uh, and you know how much of a challenge that is sometimes. So yeah. you would definitely, it's definitely a great opportunity to try to get I, a younger level work. So I've had clients in their fifties come up to me just to start their fitness journey. Like, but it's yeah. amazing how well they're doing. And they're really transformed because when they come and they're at that older age, they, they're terrified of weights. Because obviously growing up back then, weights mm. were like, no, like, especially women, we don't lift weights. And now they love weight training and they get good results from the doctors and they're feeling so much more positive about yeah. everything. Yeah. And it's crucial at that time frame for sure, uh, obviously. And a lot of people know that there's a there's an emphasis on that because they want to they want to have that quality of life for a lot longer, you know? And so the, the, what comes from those ranges of motion, uh, bone density, uh, just overall movement. So, so necessary at those ages. Uh, and they, and there's a lot of people who have that want to do it. So to have qualified people who can work with, with population to be able to continue on, that's great, especially at that older age. So, but, uh, so anyway, listen, I really appreciate the time being able to go through everything. I, I think it's super also informative, uh, you know, you have a lot of, you have a lot of experience and a lot that's brought you to this point. That's really, really unique. So for me, it's just a pleasure to kind of hear and learn a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis, how you got here and, uh, and where you're going a little bit in the future. So, uh, appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you. All right. it's been-